Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 29 of The Spy Who Loved Mega Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Denji Sentai Mega Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show and share our thoughts with you, the listener. My name is Matt J. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how are you doing today? I'm okay. I'm okay, Matt. Great. Yeah. Just, you know, just thinking about the the news. Now, what news? Well... Uh, I hear lots uh, of stuff. New, new year. Yeah, new there's year, a new, new year, league. Matt. Yeah, uh, Browns. The Browns are in the playoff. Cleveland, hey, they and won. They won their first playoff game since they, I was ten years old. I am. So 36. that's a neat. No, 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 Matt. Hey, I hate to tell you this, Matt, but uh, you would have been eighteen years old, my friend, in 1994. Oh no! I th- oh they went to the playoffs eighteen years ago. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. No, they they did, they did not win a game in two thousand two. They just okay. got to the playoffs. Got it. Got it. There was there was that thing where the president tried to use a violent mob to assassinate Congress. Yeah, and, there was that. And no time to die got delayed again. And, oh know, man! And okay. just a lot of here's here's the thing, Dave. Is so much crazy news. Uh, like. Listen, did the president get impeached again today? Yeah, he did. But this is like the fifth time No Time to Die has gotten delayed. And at this point, that is like more newsworthy to me. <laughs> the thing last week was very bad. Uh, it, was it was very bad. I feel bad, like Dave. if anybody was listening, guys, and you felt like stuck the landing, it's just somehow you took stuck the landing. And interpreted that as like invade the Capitol building. Oh, that was the wrong. Let me just stay very. That was the wrong message. Yeah, that's no, not what we meant. Stick the landing um, was like do the end of something well. Yeah, not yeah. Uh, you know, uh, not armed insurrection. That was not, not as badly. Yeah. Yeah, not as badly as you could possibly do it. That would it's be the key. Like, it's times like this, Dave, that I really, and I hate to do this, but I really do have to confront the fact that not everyone in America listens to our podcast, because I feel like if they had just heard our message. Had they heard Stick the Landing, I think I feel like they would have been on the buses there and then would just be like, guys, this isn't Sticking the Landing. What are we doing? What are we even doing here? And they would have turned around. And become philanthropists or something, man. I don't. I don't even know. In the teeth of that howling gale, uh, here's some Super Sentai. Today we'll be watching episode twenty-nine. I want to lose weight. Miku's dubious diet. Uh, but before we get into that, Dave, of course, as always, shining in the heavens, there are five stars. Would you like to hear what our first star of the week is? Yeah, I'm delighted. Well, I'll tell you, Dave. It's January, and you know what that means? It's Westerns January. Oh yeah! I feel like How's I should have a, going? I feel like I should have a better name for that. Westerns January is not really something that it's rolls not, off the top. Yeah, we should we should workshop that. But I don't have anything off the top of my head. Uh, Dave, it's going good. I I finished the movie that I had ended last January. Almost watching was uh, Once Upon a Time in the West, which Dig is it. which is not is not the best Sergio Leone movie. Um, it's got really good bits. 
Uh, it's also extremely long and kind of doesn't get started till a good way through the movie. And like, Clint Eastwood's not in it. And listen, Charles Bronson is good. I'm not saying that he's not. But he's also not Clint Eastwood when it comes to westerns. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, he. that's definitely true. Henry Fonda's in it. In like a weird Henry Fonda role. Uh, have you ever seen hmm. Once Upon a Time in the West? You know, I don't know that I have, actually. It is worth watching eventually. Like, you have two four-year-olds, so you are not going to okay. have the time no, to watch. I got you. I got you. You are definitely not going to have the time to watch Once Upon a Time in the West anytime soon, because it's a long movie, uh, and not a movie for kids, or a movie that kids would, like, tolerate. Uh, okay. Okay. Well, that's a very good preamble. Uh, but... If you, the listener, have never seen it and like good old classic westerns, it's a good one. But Dave, the, the thing that I think is more more pressing is that I want to talk about a series of westerns that I was previously unfamiliar with that I have now watched, I think, three of. Um, and this is the Sartana series. Have you ever even okay. heard of Sartana? No, I was going to say, I got nothing on this. Okay, Sartana are a series of spaghetti westerns. Like, And when I say spaghetti westerns, like, you know how... The Sergio Leone movies are like, everyone's Italian in them, except for Clint Eastwood. And, like, you can tell it was intended for an American audience. Mm-hmm. Um, the Sartana movies are, like, Italian movies starring Italian people, probably mostly intended for an Italian market. Um, okay. Which just gives it a different flavor, I think. Um, well, I... I did a quick Google search on it, and I do see a clip that says, I am Sartana, your angel of death. So that's the name uh, of the... And then the next one just says, if you meet Sartana, pray for your death. Well, Dave, so no, these, these are the na- those are the names of two of the five Sartana movies. I was going to read all five of them to you, but... Uh, well, so, man, I'm, I genuinely am sorry to have stolen your thunder here. That is a sharp suit, my man. Dude, Sartana looks good. Okay, so Sartana, five movies. Uh, the first one was in 1968. The last three are all in 1970. (laughs) It's five (laughs) movies in three years where it's just this, like, really sharp-looking, like, gunfighter, gambler, like, mysterious man of the West going around doing, like, crazy Western stuff. And he's got, like, gadgets. Not, like, James Bond gadgets, but, like, kind of actually, yeah, James Bond gadgets. If James Bond was a Western character. Uh, so here are the names. Okay, of the, Matt. Here are the names of the five Sartana movies. You got number one, if you meet Sartana, pray for your death. Number two, I am Sartana, your angel of death. Number three, I am Sartana, trade your guns for a coffin. Uh, number four. Dude, that's a bold, that's a bold <laughs> promise. Uh, number four, have a good funeral, my friend. Sartana will pay. Uh, and finally, it's a little wordy. Finally, light the fuse. Sartana is coming. Now, light the fuse. Sartana is coming is the fifth and final of the main Sartana movies. Sartana as a character, um, either with that same actor or other actors playing him in various forms, have appeared in other spaghetti westerns. But these, I think, are the five core Sartana movies. Uh, the fifth Sartana movie, I got about halfway through, and I was like, "Oh, Sartana is anime. Like it is so over the top." <laughs> There's a bit. Do you mind? Are, are you, may, might you watch this movie? Do you feel like I would spoil something if I you told know, you Matt, like a for, fun bit? Listen, I think I would like to watch this movie, but I'm going to be honest. It sounds like there's a lot of movie in these movies, so I think you can kind of throw out 
maybe a, a little bon mot. Okay. Uh, to, so an amuse bouche of the mind, if you will. Near the end of the movie, um, Sartana is waiting in town for this like army of bandits to arrive. He's sort of been playing this army of bandits against another group of people, and they're all trying to find where the gold is or whatever, you know. Classic so far. Yeah, can't fault that. So this army of bandits shows up at the end, and Sartana is sitting in the middle of the street in the back of a uh, of a wagon, and in that wagon is a organ, like a pipe organ, that he has brought to town Okay, with him because he has told people that he wants to set up a dance hall in this town. Okay. And he's just sitting there playing this organ, waiting for the bandits to arrive. And everybody else has already fled town because he told them that he was waiting for the bandits. He's just sitting there playing the organ and in the middle of the street. And then a whole army of bandits arrive. And I have this thought where I'm like, oh, that pipe organ's a gun. And then he pulls a couple of levers and like two of the pipes drop down and they're like mortars and they're just like shooting <laughs> like explosives at these guys. <laughs> and then it just progresses. We're like this whole like this whole contraption, this pipe organ just has guns coming out of it in different angles and he just wipes out an entire bandit army with a pipe organ. Uh, it's extremely good, Dave. Yeah, that sounds uh that sounds dope. I yeah, I think I'm very I'm very into that. Yes, please. Uh Sartana movies. Huge recommend. I mean, listen. They are late 60s early 70s movies, so there's gonna be stuff in there that's bad, but like if you can sort of grain of salt it with the um with that stuff, like the movies are a lot of fun. Dave, what is our second star of the week? So our second star of the week, man, as it so often is, is Bun Vulcan. Welcome to Bun Vulcan. So I actually don't have a real intense Bun Vulcan. Uh, it's just, like I said, we're trying to kind of scale things back a little bit mm-hmm. from having quite so many uh, cookies readily available all the time. That proved to be a bad long-term plan. But uh, the kids, the kids, uh, the twins are still really like, oh, this is like a cool thing that we can do. And they are starting, again, they're starting to get old enough where they can do it. So what we did is for Christmas, we got them a, not like an easy bake oven, just like a small uh, countertop oven. But like, it's a convection oven. Bad Boy go- gets up to like 450 degrees. Like, it's a full on, like, it's just an oven. It's pretty good, dude. Yeah, we uh, we got it on, We I forget where we got it. Anyways, we got a very good deal for it. And... It's uh, and then we also got them just like some very small. I don't think they're meant to be kid sized. I just think they're supposed supposed to be like entremet sized, mm-hmm. like little pie and like little bunt pans. But they're like kid sized effectively. And so they were like, we want to make chocolate cakes in these pans in our oven. So we made a little chocolate. We made like two little chocolate bunt cakes and fun. Buddy Bear was like, oh, we should put apple in. So we like cut up some apple and like dusted them in cinnamon and put them. In. You didn't really taste it, but the texture was nice to have the apple in the chocolate cake. So that's it. I made two tiny chocolate cakes with my tiny kids. That was fun. 
Cool, That's man. it. I didn't. There's like nothing interesting going on. I mean, that's interesting. I think interesting objectively from like a baking thing. But, uh, you know, humans growing up, that's a neat thing. What, Matt, is our third star of the week? The third star of the week is uh, it warmed up a little bit today. The sun was out. So after work, it I went sure for a did. walk. It sure did. Love it. I got a little bit of a walk update. This is a walk update. Want to like sing walk update so that Mark can like cut it and put it in if he wants? Oh yeah, sure. So, okay, so you would have to do like the. This is a walk update. A walk update. Walk update. Walk update. So I'm out for a walk, and as I'm walking up the road, I see this woman who's out for a jog. There were a lot of people out for a jog. It was like... it's that know, kind, It was that kind of day? Yeah, it's been cold pretty consistently for the last few weeks. And up until like a couple of days ago, maybe last weekend, we had not had a sunny day in Cleveland since the middle of November. We just had like a month and a half, two months straight of clouds. Yeah, it was not great. So, like, it warmed up a little bit and the sun was out. So there were a lot of people out for a jog. Um, I was just out for a walk because I'm a man of leisure. So as I'm walking down the road, I see this woman who, she, like, she jogs for, you know, two or three seconds. Then she stops and she walks back to the same spot, which is, like, uh, over by, like, a, a stop sign or a street sign of some sort. Um, and she, like, crouches down. And then she stands back up, and she turns around, and she jogs back in that same direction for, like, three seconds. And she keeps doing this. And as I'm walking down the street, I'm okay. trying to figure out what's going on. Like, is she warming up? Is she cooling down? Is she stretching out? Did she, like, drop her keys and keeps, like, rocking, running back and forth trying to find it? Um, and eventually, once I get close enough, I realize what's happening is that the reason she keeps bending down is that she has her phone propped up like against this uh stop sign post and she is okay. and i think what's happening is that she's like trying she's having it like record video so it she can catch like a quick three second video of herself out for a jog to like put up on instagram or something you know and so i'm watching and like listen i i have i have taken plenty of stupid pictures of myself for you know doing Far less productive Plenty. things, I am sure. Yeah. So I'm, yeah, no. I'm not. I'm not judging that. I want to be clear there. Like, you know, do what you're gonna do. That's fine. The thing that I think is funny is imagining, like, just trying to imagine how effective that sort of exercise regimen can be, if like that is an active part of it. You know, like. If you're trying to swim laps, but, like, every lap you need to, like, get out and wipe down the lens and make sure that, like, it hasn't gotten nudged and it hasn't fogged up because there's too much moisture in the pool area. And just, like, trying to work, like, a one-man production crew into every one of your workouts. Uh, It cannot be efficient. I gotta say that. It can't be efficient. 
I feel like you are going to suffer suffer on that vector, certainly. But, I don't know. Maybe it was a good clip. Who knows? That's my walk update, Dave. You know, I hope so. I hope it was a great clip. So what, Matt, is our fourth star of the week? Dave, our fourth star of the week is that I saw a local interest news story. And we don't normally talk about local interest news here, although we do talk about Cleveland in general a lot, sort of. A lot, I would say, yeah. But the the sort of story I... that I'm about to say is not the sort of thing that we typically dwell on. We'll more talk about Cleveland if it's in the national news or like a very specific thing that we did. This is just something that I saw in Scene Magazine. Which is our local, like, alt paper. Um, Anyway, I saw an article about a restaurant on the east side, sort of close to where you live, called Mm -hmm. Night Town. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Night Town's just up the road from me. Have you ever been to Night Town? I've actually never been. I have been to Night Town a time. I was not super duper impressed with the food. Um, Well, my understanding is that the, although the food is fine, it's more the ambiance of Night Town. The ambiance is nice, and it's a jazz, it's a jazz club. It's like a jazz club slash restaurant. It's been around for ages. Yeah. So I see this news article that says like, "Hey, Night Town is being sold to a new owner," but in the article it said like they haven't said who the new owner is, but we do know it's being sold. That's kind of all that we know, which seems very secretive. Which would be weird if it was just a restaurant. But Dave, it's not just a restaurant. It's Night Town. And I have a... It's l- also a jazz club. I have a long-running theory about Night Town, Dave, which is that Night Town is just a front for vampires. And here's... Here, here, Want to hear my explanations? First of all... Well, okay. Does it have anything to do with their logo? Well, it, let's, let's start with Bare Bones, right? Bare Bones here. Bare Bones. It's a place, and it's called Night Town. That's, that's strike one against it. Yeah, already you are in you are in night folk territory. Right. Welcome to Night Town. Dave, do you want to tell the good people what the logo of Night Town looks like? How the Yeah, the I really thought about it in uh, vampire-oriented terms, but the logo for Night Town is just a sh- silhouette of a sh- man shrouded in a trench coat with a fedora. Yeah, and like- could be a, like a an old-timey detective could definitely be a vampire could easily though. be a vampire there are big like red like there are big like black iron lanterns out front that have red lights in them yeah they do have that that is for sure true uh night town has like a like a courtesy car that that is parked out front of the restaurant most nights and uh in a lot yeah. next to it during the days uh, dave do you recall off the top of your head what kind of car that is man i actually I don't actually. I don't recall having. Okay, it's a hearse. I've probably driven by it like a hundred times. Yeah, it's an old hearse, is what it is. Okay, not not looking great for you guys, Nate Town. Now, man, here's actually something else interesting that you may not know. Directly next to Nate Town, like immediately adjacent, separated by maybe a foot and a half of space. You know what the next building over is? There's a there's a bakery, right? The Swiss Baker. Uh, there is a baker. In front of that, though, the baker man is sort of at the back end of the parking lot. At the front of the parking lot, Matt, is a barber. Oh. It's a barber. 
So we could be, we could definitely be in a combo Sweeney Todd vampire situation here. We could now. Never occurred to me before this. There is another aspect of this, which I don't. Which, if you know the the sort of uh, layout of Cleveland, you may know this is a this is an East Side establishment. It is just at the top of Cedar Hill. Now, if you're not from the area, what you might not know is at the bottom of Cedar Hill is a sprawling hospital complex. Hospitals well known to be lousy with vampires. Yeah, like they're just full of blood, full of blood and potential victims. Just, yeah, so full of blood. A lot of people there you wouldn't even notice. Yeah, right. People are going in, they're going out. People are, uh, you know, sadly expiring from various causes. Some of them probably vampire-oriented. Most of them, I'm sure. Um, And so, yeah, and so it's just like, and I used to drive by this place like twice a day back when I used to live on the east side. And so I've just had this long-running theory about Nighttown that it's just straight up a vampire den. And so hearing that it has been sold to a mysterious party, I'm like, oh, you didn't sell the restaurant. You've just changed your name, and now you are suddenly your, you know, 65-year-old younger nephew who looks mysteriously like you did in the 50s. Matt, I can lay this out for you even a little bit better. It's a mysterious foreign investor, Ooh. not even somebody from the area coming in from out of town. Dude, and, and what is Dracula if not a mysterious foreign real estate investor? <laughs> I mean, that's the whole book. That's okay, like it's not the whole book. There's other stuff thing. in that book, but. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this is just something I really wanted to share with the people. Uh, Dave, what is our fifth and final star of the week? So, man, our fifth and final star of the week is there's this uh, this viral. Uh, t- it's a TikTok. It's a TikTok. Do you say? Do you just say it's a TikTok or is it a TikTok video? I think you would. Call I think it it's a TikTok. just a. I think you just call it a TikTok. Yeah, you would never say a Vine video. It's a TikTok. It's a Vine. Okay, thank you. Yeah, it's a Vine. It's a TikTok. Anyways, it's a sea shanty. Yes. And it's a good one. And there's a guy who sings it. And I don't know his name. And then there's another dude who listened to it. And he's like a real bass. And he's like, I listened to this. And I put a bass line on it. And now this thing is like 15 people deep. It's very good. You may have seen it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I figure I, if you're on the internet hard enough that you're listening to Super Sentai podcasts, this is almost definitely something you've run across on Twitter. Um, yeah, it's got to be true. Got to be true. Here's the thing that I particularly liked about it, Matt. For me, this was a new shanty to me. I had never heard this song before. See, this is what now also you, interested me. Because you know, I, I, as much as possible, without being a mariner myself, I try to live that shanty life. I do love a good shanty. Like, honestly, there was times that I would boot up uh, Assassin's Creed 4, The Black Flag. Not because I really wanted to play Assassin's Creed 4, The Black Flag, but because when you're sailing around, people will just sing shanties. And that's great. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude. As an Assassin's Creed, like, everything that was not sailing around on a boat, like, assaulting Templar stronghold fortresses in that game was not super great. But that part of it was the business. And they sang Rio Grande, which is one of my favorite shanties. Love that song. Love that. Love Holloway Joe. You know, I, I Dave, I gotta say, I have got a bit of a mixed reaction on Holloway Joe. Because I like... I like Holloway Joe now 
But I recall in my youth, there was an exhibit, and I think the Great Lakes Science Center. It surely was at the Great Lakes Science uh, Center. That involved watching a video of a man sing Holloway Joe. And yes! as, a, as a youth, it like this it was could my not introduction to me. Like watching a man sing Holloway Joe with no context uh, was hilarious to like thirteen year old me. So when I hear it now, even though I now was like, oh, it's a fun, sh- it's a fun shanty, um, I, I can never quite shake that. Now, Matt, have you ever heard the song Barrett's Privateers? Dave, Dave. Okay, I just assumed Dave. that you, you know, I guess I could have assumed that you had. Here's the fun, do you know the fun thing about Barrett's Privateers? Dave, I have spent so much time thinking about and listening to Barrett's Privateers. Um, but but please, tell the good people. So sorry, uh, Barrett's Privateers I, is I, by... I'm sorry, I don't know why it came so hard at you there. Yes, Dave, <laughs> that is a song I also know and enjoy. <laughs> I don't know why I felt like I needed to, like, prove my sea shanty credentials by telling you Uh, I'm a big fan of uh, Stan Rogers. Anyway, Stan Rogers is a a Canadian folk singer um, from the earlier part of the 20th century, and there's a song he's famous for. It's Barrett's Privateers. Here's the fun thing about it. I think it is not a traditional sea shanty. Stan Rogers was just like, I like sea shanties, and I think I could write one. And so he just does. And it's this great song. Right. Uh, Go look it up. He's like, every time I hang out with my musician friends and we're doing the shanties, I'm always stuck in the, like, singing the chorus bits. But I never get to do, I never get to be the guy who sings the verses. But if I write one, then I get to (laughs) sing the verses. Then I will be the the verse guy. Uh, I love it. I love that element of it. I love the song and I love his motivation for having written it. I love the, how it appears in the 1990s uh, cop-slash-mountie action sitcom, um, Do South? Do North? Do, do North? North? Do North. Yeah. Should have been called Do South, because the Mountie comes down south into America. Well, yeah, but I think they have to head back Do North. In any case, there's a great episode where... Um, they're on this Canadian, like, freighter, and the Mountie, and they're trying to, like, blend in with the crew, because the crew are all criminals, and they're trying to get, they're trying to figure out a case or something, and, the like, a bunch of the criminal crew all corner the Mountie, and they're like, hey, who are you? Are you a real it is, sailor? Matt, I'm sorry. It is, it is due south. You are correct. Okay. Nice. Um... And they corner this Mountie, and they're like, are you a real sailor? Are you secretly a Mountie who's out <laughs> to you, stop our are crimes? Are you secretly a cop? <laughs> um, and the way that he proves to them that he is, in fact, a true sailor is he just starts singing Barrett's Privateers. And by yeah. the end of it, like, the whole <laughs> boat is singing along with him. It's extremely good. You know what else is extremely good, Dave? Is Denji Sentai Mega Ranger. Uh, maybe not this episode. This episode's... We'll talk about it. This episode we'll is episode 29, it. I Want to Lose Weight, Miku's deb- Dubious Diet. Uh, it was written by Shigeru Yanagawa. Its original air date was September 7th, 1997. If you want to watch along, of course, you can do that either with the DVDs or at shoutfactory.tv. Um, we are going to go take a quick break, and we'll be right back. All right, welcome back. We've watched episode 29 of Denji Sentai Mega Ranger. Dave, school is back in session for the Mega Rangers. Yes, I mean also for us, but yes. 
for you too, but you know, yes. Yeah. So, uh, it, we open up, school's back in session, and we open up on Miku. And she's, uh, she's like, oh, it's autumn. I've got such a good appetite. And then they like reference this a handful of times. Like, I totally get it, right? It's autumn shifting into soup mode. You know what I mean? That cold weather hits and you're just like, ooh, I'm going to have soup and stew and pie and roast beef. I don't know. Like, whatever. And what if you have roast beef in a pot pie that is basically like a stew? See, that's uh, that's a super winner move. So anyways, Miku does this. She, she, she sits down for lunch and she orders what I will say is is probably too much food. I looked at that amount of food and I was just like, I don't think I could eat all that. I, I probably could eat all that if I like really wanted to. It's but also I don't love onigiri. Two. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely supposed to be lunch for two. And that's kind of the joke, right? So she sits down, demolishes this tray of food. Uh, the other rangers are there, and they are amazed. Yeah. Um, they're like, hey, Miku, are you okay? You are really like, that's a that's a big lunch. It's a big lunch, Miku. Uh, and then Kenta, because Kenta is without social graces or common sense uh, or general politeness. Uh, says yeah. Like, he's like, yeah, you have gained some weight. He's like, you definitely gained weight, though, right? Everyone else is horrified. Shun is like, dude, you cannot. What's wrong with you? Yeah, you right can't, there. You can't say that. And then yeah. uh, Miku's like, wait, is that true? And Shun says, well, yeah, but and then realizes what he said. There's OK, let's let's start. Can off. we just get out in front of this? Yeah, this They're- episode this episode is about food and a young girl's relationship to it. And there is some stuff in it that uh, definitely hasn't aged well and probably wasn't great at the time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think we can say it definitely wasn't great at the time. It was probably, a, you know, they would, weren't thinking about it, but it definitely was not. And it also has not super aged well. And I just like, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, man, I got two daughters and like this, this part of this episode did just like really bum me out in that regard. Um, because you know, she just doesn't. And when really, I'm just going to just saying this now so that we we're preambling, right? So like, we don't have to come back and loop and say how much of a bummer this is. And then Miku is, well, actually we're going to, we're going to see in the very next scene, she steps on a scale and she's like 121 pounds which is fine. Yeah, but and also, here's the other thing. Like, I don't know if you caught this. Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah, that scale is broken. Oh, I actually, sorry, then I didn't catch that. Yeah, when, when it I cuts, saw... When it cuts to the episodes, like, when the title card pops up, the camera shifts, and you see the backside of that scale, on which there is a sign that says, out of order. Oh, I did totally miss that. I must have just been writing something down. But it says 121 pounds. And then she says, that's 21 pounds up. Which means that before this, she only weighed 100 pounds. Which, again, she's yeah. not a large person. Yeah, she's that's a healthy. little girl. But, but like, Miku, yeah, she's fine. She's, she's, like, she's so fine. Anyways. Yeah. So she is now determined. Like, I can't believe I've suddenly gained 20 pounds. How could this have happened? I'm going on a diet. And everyone says, like, do not do that. 
diets are not healthy and you're like you will be miserable and unhealthy if you do that like well shun says that mm-hmm. kenta just says ah eh, you can't do it <laughs> yeah again kenta he, he's he, there is a moment late in this episode where he manages to not completely strike out but these are two big whiffs right up at the top so anyways the next scene we see uh, Miku, and she's sort of wandering through school, like, or wandering on her way to school. She's out in the street, holding her stomach, like, stumbling around, like, oh, I'm so hungry. So already, she's got a deeply unhealthy relationship with this new with this new diet. And she's, like, staring in at people at restaurants with, like, her nose pressed up against the glass and stuff. And then, like a siren, Matt... Like the mythical sirens of ancient Greece, she hears a song. A beautiful song. A beautiful song about a diet crepe. And she looks over, and there is a dude. And he has got, like, a crepe stand and backup dance. He's very ob- he's very obviously a monster. Like, right. it's so clear that he's, yeah. And the, so, therefore, the background dancers are very obviously, um... Kune kune. Kune kune. But he has, this is an, this song is like a minute and a half long. Yeah, and we get like reprises of it throughout the episode. Yeah, die, 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 it's crepe. And then he's talking about like, the crepe is amazing and it's so delicious and you can make it and you can have anything you want on it. And if he puts this special sauce, not only, not only will you not gain weight from the crepe, uh, you won't gain weight from anything else you eat, like, after it for however long, okay? Right. It is It is literally a magic device, uh, yeah. which, I mean, it is magic. It's evil Nesere magic, clearly. Yeah, so uh, Kenta's mom is there. She's mm-hmm. stoked about this. She or She tries to order 10. Oh, one line of the song is, oh, fatty, no one will say that to you when you eat the die, 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 die crepe. Um, and the dude gets into the song. It's awesome. Yeah. Like, honestly, so, the song and dance number is a lot of fun. If Even if you don't watch pretty, the rest of the episode, you should definitely watch that. It is pretty good. So, uh, he's like, and here's the magic sauce. And it's in, like, a syringe. And it's, like, a big, it's, like, a pink, like, a bubblegum pink sauce. And he sort of, like, squirts it on the crepe. And I just see it, and I'm like, Miku, this should set off alarm bells for you. It doesn't. No. So she and she gets, has this. Yeah. She gets the crepe. She sits down and she's eating the crepe. And she's loving it. She's got two. She's got two of them. She's got one for now and one for immediately afterwards. And who should arrive? But Yusuke. Yeah. Mega Silver. He's on Earth. Skipping out on his job. He claims that he's not. He's like, no, no, I'm definitely working, but I will sit down. It's with like you on I'm this totally. It's okay about whatever. So she said, "He's like, what's up with this crepe? You know what's going on?" And she's like, "Oh, I heard that. Like, if you eat this crepe, like I heard, I guess from the guy who sold it to me, but I heard that if you eat this crepe, it's a special diet crepe, and blah 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 blah." Yusuku thankfully is like, that's he doesn't come right out and say like that's clearly a nazare but he at least grocks immediately that like something is wrong here yeah he's like that he's like is, that's not how that's not, that's how, not how any works. of this works as as a connoisseur of cooking that doesn't sound right to me 
Um, which I, the more we find out about Yusuku, the more I really like, I, I really like Yusuku because Yusuku is like a bachelor who is tr- like, he's, he has developed bachelor skills and is like mm-hmm. using those bachelor skills to be like a cool adult to the teenagers that he knows. Um, but also like, he is kind of a cool guy. But, you know, he is definitely the guy who lives by himself who decided to get really into cooking. And as a guy who lives by himself who, over this past year, has gotten more into cooking, I can I can get into Yusuke. I get it. I'm yeah. not, like, try, no, I'm not trying it. to impress teenagers, but, like, first of all, Yusuke is, like, 11 years younger than I am. So, like, that's, you know, a lot less weird. But. Wow, that is... That is wild to yeah, think about. Yeah, the old man is, in this yeah. show is 11 years younger than me, your younger brother. <laughs> Neat. Neat. Um, so anyways, we... Uh, I'm we probably could, like the like, same age as Dr. Kubota or something. <laughs> we probably are. So anyways, um, so thank you, Yusuku, for at least realizing that something is wrong. We flop, pop over to the Nezere dimension, and here, here's where we get the plan. Is that, yes, of course, it is a Nezere, and the idea is that the humans, like, food is a limited resource, and not only do you not gain, like, basically, you turn into a Deadlands Famonite, like, you just can't ever stop eating. You're constantly hungry. And so, the, he, like, the plan is, we'll just give this to all these people, they'll eat all the food, and then the entire human race will starve to death. Yeah, the, the, it's, it's a... Victory it's a, Nezere. It's a planet-wide thinner. Yes. Um, and, and the thing is, you know, I do wonder if this is something that was sort of like in, in other, um, Japanese media of this time, because I feel like every season or at least every couple of seasons, we get an episode about some monster, like eating up all of the food and turning people against each other. We have had a couple of those. Yeah. Like Pudgy Pig. Like in Zhu Ranger, the the monster that is Pudgy Pig from Power Rangers, like that's just what it is. He's a big pig monster, and he eats all the food so that people will turn on each other, and like humanity will crumble. Mm. Um, and we get that like every couple of seasons, uh, and uh, in at least two of those, it is a pig, which is, I guess, a good a good option. Okay, Matt, just real quickly, I do have some good news for you. Um, Satoru Saito, who is the actor who plays Dr. Kubota, was 44 when this, uh, when this episode came out. So okay, good. You're, you're not as, neither you or I are as old as Dr. Kubota, at least. Although we are definitely closer to his age than we are to Yusuke's age. Oh, yeah, I'm definitely closer. Uh-huh, that's, that's for sure, for sure. So anyways, uh, we pop back to Miku. And she hops on the scale, and she's like, I lost 26 pounds overnight, which again, Miku, this should set off alarm bells for you. No, I think That's she not she lost, how I any of that works. she lost 22 pounds. And because the other scale was broken, and she said that she had gained 20 pounds, like, overnight, like, what's actually probably happened is that she starved herself all day, and, like... You know, maybe was wearing heavier shoes when she weighed herself yesterday. And is basically the same weight, but now that she's on a scale that works, she thinks she's 20 pounds lighter again. Oh, could be. Who knows? 
anyways, we uh, so she's like, this is dope. I'm just going to eat anything I want. We go from there to the chef. He's driving around in his crepe truck. He is singing the song to himself. I appreciate this, and here's why. Commitment to the bit. It's not I, okay. I think it's more than commitment to the bit, and that's why I like it so much. Uh, he he obviously is singing the song to try to sell people on the crepe when he is in his role as like Nezare monster. I think this demonstrates that he just really likes the song himself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he's driving around. He rolls the window down. He's like, "Oh, I smell something delicious," and he pulls into a restaurant. Whenever we see him, he's sitting at the restaurant. He looks at the menu and he says, "I will have one of everything, please." The waiter's like, that's bonkers. And he's like, I'm fully aware of how bonkers that may or may not seem to you, but it's still true. Please give it to me now. I'm a madman in a chef's hat, and I'm singing a song. Give me one of everything. So, back at the school, the other four are hanging out in the computer club. Miku comes in, sits down, and immediately starts eating all of their food. And they're like, Miku, what are you doing? A, please do not eat our food. And B, didn't you say you were on a diet? And she's like, no, no, no. Check it out. Turns it's out, it's cool. I got a new diet, and the new diet is I ate evil magic, and now I can eat all of your lunches. <laughs> but now here's the thing. So uh, then they immediately grab. They get a Nezare alert. The Rangers run off. Miku is just like, and they like they're running away, and then they realize that it's only the four of them, and then they run back, and Miku is still like at the table eating all their food, and so they grab her, and then they run. And they're running off to meet the Nazare. And as they're running, Mega Pink like stops and sees a snack bar, and it's like, "Ooh, I'm just gonna stop for a quick sec. Just gonna grab, um, a, just gonna grab a Quibby. Gonna grab a quick bite." <laughs> yeah. And so, is that what Quibby was supposed to mean? Yeah. Was dude. that the idea behind yeah, yeah, the yeah. name Quibby? Just taking a that's quick bite. That's extraordinarily. That's so stupid. That's so shocking. Anyways, everybody loved it. It was such a so, great product. So astonishing that it did not work. Uh, I would still love to see. Now, they did do the most dangerous game, but they were like, ooh, let's update it for 2020. I don't need that. It's a period piece. E-game. They see the Rangers get to the restaurant. By this point, Pig Nezare, it's he is a Pig Nezare. Yeah, He's he has revealed monster. himself. Um, he has eaten all of the food, and he has skipped out on the bill. Yeah. And so <laughs> the Rangers show up to investigate, and the waiter's just like, "Dude, he showed up. He was a man. He ordered everything on the menu. He turned it. Then he turned into a horrifying pig monster. Everybody's freaking out. And then also there is this bill. There's the matter of the bill. And he presents it to them. He doesn't even like question. He's just like, "Oh, and here's the bill for him." I guess on the logic of, like, you're a hero who's here to solve a problem, and part of the problem is that, like, I'm out all this money on this food. Right. And the, the, and the, the bill, Rangers just... The bill is for 1,035,000 yen. Now, I did a bit of math. Um, and I don't know if I did it correctly, but I translated what the, what the value of the yen versus the value of the dollar was in 1997 and then i um like you know i multiplied that out and then i did the like what it was you know what was the u.s dollar in 1997 versus this yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i got you anyway so the um that bill 
was about thirteen thousand four hundred dollars <laughs> in 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 twenty twenty money. Twenty twenty one. Nice. Guess. Um, and so the Rangers like pass it down to each other. They're like, Oh, you can take care of this, please. You can take care of this. I like that they are acting as though any one of them just has like 13 grand on hand and is going to be able to pay this bill. Uh, they get all the way down the line and Mega Yellow turns to try to give it to Mega Pink. And of course, Mega Pink isn't there. Right. Because she is off eating a bunch of food. They go back to yeah. the restaurant where she had gotten distracted and they find her and they're like miku like listen i don't know what's going on with you i get it right now it's on appetite it's okay okay no they don't say that they all say i don't know what's going on with you but you absolutely cannot be like doing this on ranger time we are all working and as they are scolding her kenta specifically is like listen as you say he's like listen it's autumn appetite clearly and I don't know if autumn appetite it. is a thing, or if it's just that Kent is like, I don't know, man, I get really hungry sometimes, too. You claimed that this was an autumn thing. I'm willing to believe that. Yeah. Um, and then things start to get weird, because Miku sees a pigeon on the street and is like, I'm definitely going to try and eat that pigeon, like a live pigeon. She's like, she is going after this live pigeon. And oh. then they sort of are like, oh, okay. Something is... Uh... I don't think she was trying to eat the pigeon. See, there was a bunch of pigeons that were all eating breadcrumbs. And I thought she saw them eating the breadcrumbs and was like, I gotta get those crumbs. Oh, that, that is definitely less horrifying. I mean, I either of them really are weird. Think... Yeah, I really did think that we were getting ourselves into a uh, Renfield situation here. So, no, I like your version better where she's going after the breadcrumbs. Or, um, oh, gosh, so, um, uh, in Jetman, the ant soldier, when the ant soldier turned all the people into ant people, then those people, like, rose up in the middle of the night and devoured the cows live. Oh, yeah. That was, that was weird and bad. Yeah. That was weird and bad. Weird So episode. anyways. Dave, sometimes, I don't know, I don't know if you have noticed this, because we've watched a few episodes of Super Sentai now. Sometimes the show gets weird. Sometimes it does get a little bit raw and weird. And sometimes I forget that the original, like, concept of our show was watching Sentai and being surprised by how weird it was because we're mo we're mostly used to it, right? Because we watch it every week. We've been watching it every week for years. And then sometimes I remember, this show gets weird, actually. You know, Matt, I was just going back and I was just listening to some uh, Ranger Danger archives where they watch the first episode of, um, I think it's Fla Flashman, and they watch with Kyle Higgins. And Kyle, and Ky who wrote... All of like the Ranger Danger comic, the recent Ranger Danger comics. Uh, He's Power writing Rangers a comic, new Power Rangers. Or Power, I'm sorry, Power Rangers comics. Thank you. Um, is working on now. We just found out like a new Sentai inspired comic. They're writing Ultraman, and he's just like, yeah, I'd never really seen Sentai before, and I was like, what? And so they watch the episode, and they're just like blown away by how crazy it is. And I was listening to it, and I was like, yeah, man, that's yeah. just like. Just having a normal one. That's not, that's not even particularly crazy. 
Yeah. Although first episodes of series are always a little, a little. Out yeah. No, there. they're always they're always a little bit off the rails. Uh, so, anyways, we go from there. We see uh, the Kenta's family store is closed, and it's closed because Kenta's mom she ate that crepe, and now she's violating Biggie's first rule, man. She's getting high in her own supply. She is eating every she single is. vegetable in her store. She is currently yeah. scrounging down on just like. Like a raw daikon, I think. Yeah, it's it is either one She's raw like daikon broken raw in half daikon. or two. It's it's a lot. There's a lot of daikon going. It's a on. lot. It's a lot going on there. So we go from there. People are going food crazy. There's a news article about it. In a comedic moment, the news co-anchor is also bad. She's got like a whole yeah. like Korean barbecue looking setup at, at the news desk. Yeah, like the camera's um, focused in on one of the news anchors. And he's like, this is serious. People are eating all the food. And then the camera pans back and you see that there's another person at the desk who is just, as you say, like completely just going to town on some barbecue. Yeah, so we go from there, and we see that uh, Miku, I think she's in, like, the school cafeteria, and she, like, pops out of the uh, fridge, and she's got, like, a big hunk of raw beef in one hand and a raw chicken in the other one. Yeah, and they've and the to, Rangers, they, they've like, gone to look for her because they, they were watching that story, and they were like, oh, Miku was cursed with Nazare food stuff. Okay, we should definitely yeah. go find her. She's probably in the cafeteria. And they find her, as you say, uh, just... Just a lot of uncooked meat. <laughs> yeah, so they tackle her, and she is... Now we really are, like, kind of in a Ren field. Like, she is, like, ravening after this, like, raw chicken. Um, It's real gross. Anyways, uh... Yusuku finds the the uh the pig Nezare and is a great opener and he's just like I'm ordering one Nezare beast. It's just like yeah. that's a good. <laughs> and the chef so, the um, chef because he's not in his Nezare beast form at the moment. He's like you know, he's just the the food truck guy. He has this yeah. moment of like whatever are you talking about, sir? I am a creepsman. And Yusuke is like, okay, no, we're just doing this. And just, like, starts punching him. Uh, and they go into a fight between the two of them. It's very fun. Yeah, it is. It's a very new thing. I dig it. Real quickly, the uh, he's a cartoon. He's kind of, kind of like a weird cartoony vibe. He fights with a frying pan. And he has a lot of, like, cartoon animations that he does. Mm -hmm. So basically, he's fighting. And he's a toughie. He's, like, really bad. Uh, but he gets very hungry, like mid fight. Right. Just and he's just like, distracted. I'm going to go. Yeah. I was like, I got to go find a snack. I'm out of here. Uh, so Yusuke's like, okay, well, this is bad. I need to go find the team. Uh, he goes and he, he goes to the school and he comes into the school room. Uh, and he's like, Hey, um, I know what's happened because they're all trying to like get a hold of Miku and like wrestle her down. Uh, he comes in, he's like, listen, I know what's happened to Miku. She ate the diet crepe. I watched her eat it. I should have been a little quicker on the uptake. Um, but we got to deal with this situation. The computer pops on. Like, obviously, on. this is very, very bad. The computer pops on. It's Dr. Kubota. Dr. Kubota says, hey, all of you, uh, there's a problem. You need to go address it. Also, Yusuke, why are you on Earth? You should definitely like, be at work right going, now. Why are you, you there? You need to ask me permission if you're going to leave the moon and go to Earth to ride around on your motorcycle and fight monsters like a cool guy. 
The thing I love about this is that he, Dr. Kubota is always surprised, and Yusuku, always, like, his response is always the same. He's just like, uh, and he just turns the TV off and continues whatever he was doing. Um, oh, did we, uh, sorry, I got distracted for a second there. Did we mention that Miku tries to eat a backpack? It's right here that she tries to do it because they're holding her down yeah. and she sees a red backpack and was like, that's definitely a steak. As though she's a hungry person in a cartoon and she looks at her friend and her friend turns into a walking cooked turkey. You know, one of those moments. That's yeah, what it is. I, yeah, it's it's a good one. So uh, she's basically just chomping we see... down on that Jan sport. We see uh, Pig Nazare eating. The Rangers show up. Uh, we flash back. Miku's been tied up at her at her uh, chair, and then the rest of the Rangers are out. Yeah, Yusuke it's going has very stayed poorly with Miku for them to like watch her. Yeah, and then she hears someone singing like a roast potato song, and she like hulks out of the ropes, like tears them in half, like knocks Yusuke down, and like runs out chasing after. After this sweet potato. Now, she does fall in a manhole cover. She does fall. She does walk directly into an open manhole cover as though she is a Ninja Turtle from the old Ninja Turtle video games where you could just accidentally like, whoop, it's dark in here. Now I'm in the sewer. No, Matt, I am so, I am so excited about what didn't happen next. Just cannot tell you how thrilled I am. That what did not happen Dave, is that Dave, Miku's Dave, like Dave. Can I interrupt you for a second? Yeah, okay. Can you? Yeah, please, you can. Can you please not say? Because I now that you've done this wind up, I know what you're gonna say, and I would just love it if you didn't. Okay, I think we can stick with that. I think it's fine if I don't say that thing. But just so stoked, so stoked that it didn't happen. Anyways, so the other Rangers are uh, they're fighting Pig Nazare. It's going poorly, of course. They need the power of five. They need the power of yeah. five. We flip back to Miku. She's wandering around in the sewer again. And then so she hungry. burps. And so there's hungry. like a little, so just so hungry. And, and thank goodness uh, she and still thankfully, is. thank goodness doesn't see anything to eat. She burps and like a little pink cloud flies out of her mouth. And then she's like, oh, hmm. my curse is lifted. Everything's fine now. That was very bad and weird. And I'm glad that it's over. Oh my goodness, my friends. And then she just like, installs and she's out she we go back to the, to the fight. fight yeah which is good because up until this point pig nazare is like basically untouchable yeah um uh, mega pink shows up and she's like hey i am upset it is time for me to hit this dude very hard um i know that we're all here together and you're all excited to attack as one but here's what i'm actually gonna do um, Mega Red, will you please loan me Battle Riser? Because I need to put that on my fist and then use my fist to hit that pig monster as hard as possible. <laughs> uh, and she does it, and it's really fun. She does like a little like muscle pose afterwards. Um, good times, very good times. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so that's dope. Now, he then pulls out his extra secret power move, which is he eats a bunch of garlic, and then he has very bad super breath. Um, Mega Silver shows up, and he says to himself, I can help with this, but not as Mega Silver. Right. Well, he's already not used as Mega, up Silver. Mega Silver this episode. 
Oh, that's right. He's like, I can't help as Mega Silver. You know what I can help as, though? Yusuku Hayakawa, level 20 cool bachelor. Yes. And he just, like, (laughs) materializes out of thin air the ingredients and cooking implements for, like, a five-course classic French dinner. He's got, like, lobster. He's got some sort of, like, delicious-looking stew. Uh, I forget, again, he has, like, a number of courses. Right, he just manifests Kitchen Stadium, like, on that patio. It's amazing. It's incredible. And uh, he just knocks this whole meal out in 30 seconds or so. Yeah. It just, he, Mega Pig's, Mega Pig, Pig Nezere smells it. He's just like, I gotta get it, whatever it is. I need to stop this fight and I do need to eat it right now. He runs over, he's digging in, they attack while he's distracted. It's extremely effective. And then, of course, like, they knock him down and then he goes giant. There's a great moment. Uh, <laughs> where they're like, we need to call Galaxy Mega, right? And, and Miku starts to say it, and Kenta just, like, jumps in from off-frame and, like, pushes her aside. She gets through Galaxy, and he, like, pushes her aside and says, Mega! Like, I'm the one who's... <laughs> this is my like, job! I'm the one who says this! It's my whole thing! So, they uh, they do the giant fight. There's some fun cartoon effects, and... Uh, they they do how they finally do get Pig Nezere is Mega Pink like holds up the fist on Delta Mega and she's like, What does this look like? It looks like an onigiri, doesn't it? It does not. No, it but doesn't. Pig Nezere thinks it does. So uh he literally eats a, a knuckle onigiri. I guess it wouldn't be a knuckle sandwich, but they use this to trick him and then they punch him very hard with a rocket fist and he dies. Yeah. Classic. So we cut back to the school. They're in their computer lab. They're all talking to Dr. Kubota. Dr. Kubota says, yeah, it's cool. Now that once Miku figured out that all you had to do was not eat for 20 minutes and then the curse would be lifted, that's just what everybody did. And now everyone is fine. Yeah, like everybody's totally fine. Yeah, It is as though the problem never happened. Um, and also, Yusuku, you definitely have to come back to work this instant. So, of course, Yusuku <laughs> hangs up the phone. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, And what he has been busy doing while he's not doing his very important super work is he made a whole dinner. He made this like giant dinner uh, and has put it in like buffet style chafing trays. And he's like, Miku, come on and come eat. And she's like, I'm not fat, guys. So they're like, no, you're not fat. She's like, dope. I'm going to eat everything. And then just like rolls over and just grabs like two giant handfuls of food and starts eating. And then everyone's just like, oh, Miku. And then... I mean, this isn't Power Rangers, but it's very much a Power Rangers episode. Yeah, that's definitely what would have happened there. So, uh, that is the end of that episode, but Matt... It's not the end of our episode. No, Dave, because first we need to determine where Pig Nezere lands in the Creature Royale. Man, I gotta say, think it's gonna be pretty high. Do like Pig Nezere. So we've got. Do uh, like Pig Nezere. It, it, at the top of our list of Nezere, we have Neobat Nezere. Uh, Neobat Nezere is very good. Uh, he had a couple of different plans, some involving CDs, some involving an army of robotic flautists. Um, very good. The bottom. 
we have Scorpion Nezere, the non-monster. Um, yeah, he just just kind of didn't exist almost at all. I mean, like, he did technically, I guess. But... Uh, so much so that I'm looking at his name and cannot remember what it was. And that is that is one of 22 monsters. Uh, I, if I yep. can't remember one of 22, you know it's un- unmemorable. Okay, so... Dude... I really like Pig Nazare. I like that he's got some personality. I like that he does a song and dance number. I like that he is engaged in the plan. Mm-hmm. He seems much more. I gotta, he feels like he would have been much more of like a Kaku Ranger monster. Kaku Ranger was a great season for monster monsters. Yeah, yeah, especially monsters with a so, job. I like a monster with a job. Yes. I like a monster, yeah, with a task and a role to play. Okay. So I don't think he's quite Neo Bat Nezere. No. Right under that, we have Antlion Nezere. And Antlion Nezere was really good. And then Rose Nezere. Antlion Nezere had a great plan, had a lot of thematic elements going on, and had some personality. Yeah. Rose Nezere was part of a really cool episode and was like transforming children into like plants uh, and like was posing as a an evil nun with Shivalina in a convent. That was really good. And you gotta love B. I Nezere, think it's because I th- yeah, I he's like right in there. He's right in this top five. I'm not quite sure where he is. I think maybe below. I like him better than Toad Nazare. Yeah, below B Nazare, above Toad Nazare. How do we feel? Man, about that's that? tough. I might, I might almost put him above B Nazare. B Nazare is cool. He's a great look and a great plan, but he doesn't have any. I don't think he has as much personality. His as Pig Nazare. I would put him above B Nazare. Maybe not quite not quite Rose Nazare, though. Okay, I think that's fair. All right, coming in at the new number four, very strong showing, it's Pig Nazare. Right on. And that, Dave, that is the end of another episode of The Spy Who Loved Mega Ranger. Before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all you can email the show at supersentibrothers at gmail.com. If you want to get any updates on future episodes or check out the things that we're talking about on Twitter, we are at Bros. If you like the show, please remember that Shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Rate, review, subscribe on there. Tell a friend. That would be swell of you. Uh, this Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. If you'd like to listen to any of the other great Retrograde Orbit Radio shows, you can find them all at RetrogradeOrbitRadio.com. Once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week for the greatest show on Earth. Mega, mega.